Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters, and everything else in between. Well, the Queen is no more. God save the King. So we're going to start with the biggest story, the only story that has dominated the headlines for the last uh, few days, and it's quite strange because it all happened in the space of a week. On Monday, Great Britain had a new prime minister, and by Thursday, very sadly, we had lost our longest reigning sovereign, um, our dearly beloved Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, and we had a new king. Absolutely, absolutely momentous week. Things are still moving at such a rapid pace. Yeah. Right, like today. and yesterday not we watching all the proclamations that have happened when they've made him officially king charles the 3 now we'll get to that in just a bit and obviously the passing of the queen is the big big story which is going to dominate the podcast today but before we get there give me your reactions on what you think of our new prime minister because that happened on monday um well, it was a foregone conclusion i think with all the polls and everything else we knew yeah. that liz truss was going to be the new British Prime Minister. Yeah, so I think British Asians, I feel I speak for myself, I think we were a little gutted. Although we knew it wasn't happening, Rishi Sunak was still miles away from becoming the Prime Minister of the country, but it would have been absolutely fantastic. And have you warmed to the new Prime Minister? I haven't at all. Well, it's early days. It's only been less than a week. But talking about Rishi Sunak, do you think he's going to sit on the back benches like he says mm. or he's going to go on to his, you know, one of his ranches and farms in America and spend his billions? You mean rethink his strategy and come back for the big one to to run for prime minister again? No, I don't think he's going to run for prime minister again. I I don't know actually. You know the only you know thing who is going to run for prime minister again? Is Boris probably. Boris has said he wants to run. Yeah. And the one thing I've I've mentioned this I mentioned this to you the moment this happened because we were watching this together. No, or was it was I watching it at work? I can't remember now. But the one thing that really struck me as being very odd for someone for a politician of that stature who is going to be a world player now talking, talking about Liz Truss. I did not like the way she just stood up and, you know, kind of just walked brushed aside Rishi Sunak and walked on to the stage only to eager to address her party and thank her party for for picking her as prime minister the least she could have done was shaken his hand no, uh, which I thought was in very poor taste was not she mentioned him in her speech oh she had to she had to the, if she, if she hadn't mentioned him i mean she would have been uh, i think completely booed and we just said something this uh, uh, remnants of stuff yeah Chocolate was <laughs> I didn't want to say that I've just had a chocolate was now when we'll be talking about a rather somber uh, topic. No, I was just staring at your face and wondering what is that? Yes, yeah. stuck in your lips. Anyway, um talking about um Rishi Sunak uh, Boris Johnson coming back for the 2024 election. Hmm. 2024 is going to be some crazy year. You've got Trump maybe coming back. Yeah. You've got elections in India. Hmm. You've got um, elections here. Huh. So it's crazy. Is there any reason why you're speaking extra softly today? It sounds to me like you're whispering. I know, this is the tone of the podcast. Oh. So, um let's let's get to the big story. It's been a, it's, it's a very somber time, you know. Yeah. Let's get to the big story. Let's get to Thursday. Thursday afternoon news breaks that Her Majesty's uh, medical team were quite alarmed by her medical condition and therefore the royal family had been sent for the queen was in balmoral as she normally is and there were all these telltale signs that i was watching people say that have you noticed that all the tv presenters are wearing black yeah already they were in black, black ties, ties. Uh, hours before it was officially announced that her majesty majesty had passed away and um and 
it is a once in a lifetime event because she reigned for 70 years they are saying that for so many people she was the only monarch the only sovereign that we had ever known and since then i think it is quite uh, poignant and at the same time uh, a very what should i say enlightening display of what um, being a monarch actually entails what the various official um you know duties and official what would you even call it well, um, you know prince charles has had a lifetime to of prepare training. to prepare for this he's as as we've all heard he's followed his mother hmm. on various uh, expeditions hmm. throughout the commonwealth but every tribute every tribute to the queen people are also highlighting the fact that yes she led a full life and she'll probably be the only monarch anywhere in the world in any generation to have served her people for 70 years uh, so there is a sense of you know it was inevitable people saw it coming for many many years and yet when it actually happens no one is quite prepared for it yeah, i think what shocked everyone was there's a lovely photographs of her meeting liz truss two yeah. days before yeah. yeah true she had become old she had a walking stick But very fresh came out of the blue suddenly yeah well yeah. you were you you went on air were you because you have all these protocols and all yeah, these yeah i wasn't i wasn't but obviously the obituary uh protocol for when the head of state dies is very different from any other bereavement in the royal family and we are we have put through our paces many many times to rehearse for that and yet no one's like i said no one's quite prepared and it is quite an emotional moment and everyone's also highlighting the fact that it must be so hard for prince charles then now king charles that you know at the, at the time of such deep personal loss and grief you're also expected to fulfill all these other things where you have now become king you have now become the head and therefore you are meant to go meant to go through so many steps right? right there's a phrase for that i think the continuity of monarchy yeah you know uh, the queen is dead Yeah. Long live the king. Yeah, because the, he becomes away, but that's yeah, how it works. Yeah, he becomes king the very second after his his mother passed away, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And um I was lucky enough to be broadcasting from outside uh, Buckingham oh, Palace day. yesterday. So this happened on a Thursday and yeah. then on the Friday you broadcast from Buckingham Palace. Uh, from the gates where the world had congregated and it was so amazing to see people. That's the first all... time I think Prince Charles became king yeah. King Charles because he turned up with the uh, queen consent consort consort yes yeah, she uh, has given her queen, consent to be the queen consort queen camilla yeah uh, camilla and that, yeah that was the first time people were expecting him to just drive through the gates as people normally do but he uh, got out of the car he had a little walk about and then we were watching it on the news i watched it there of course live that you know he shook hands with one end of uh, the gathering right to the other up until the gate and the, when he got off the car people just spontaneously you know chants of long live the king broke out and that was so surreal but that's also the moment when the penny really drops and you realize as you say the continuity of the monarchy that there is never a moment when there is no monarch in the country one dies one door closes the other opens but i think what made the 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 last few days extra poignant for everyone young or old was the fact that um we were lucky we were privileged to live in the reign of a lady who will go down in history as being the longest serving monarch anywhere i doubt it if there's ever going to be another monarch simply because she was crowned queen at the tender age of 25 and she lived to be uh, at 96 my, it's mind boggling is that uh, she's been through she's seen 
15 prime ministers yeah. starting off with Winston Churchill yeah so that's yeah. And aren't they saying, they're also quoting a very um, uh, impressive statistic that her first Prime Minister was Winston Churchill, who was born in the 1870s. And her last Prime Minister was Liz Truss, who was born in the 1970s. So there's a hundred years between her first and last Prime Minister, the, their date of birth, of course. Winston Churchill was, a, was an old man by the time the Queen That's met him, right? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, and so many things have happened. I mean, obviously leaders from around the world. But for us being here in the heart of the action, as it were, we're seeing it unfurl in front of us. We're seeing it unfold. You go to the tube station, there are beautiful signs. Anyone who is anyone has put up, you know, uh, their tribute to Her Majesty the Queen. You go to, um, you walk uh, past, um, tra not travel agent, what do you call them? Estate agent. I saw a window only the other day. And it was really beautiful. You know, you've got these little posters of, Houses on sale, and then in the middle they've got the Queen's photograph, and they've put a little, you know, their own little tribute. So everyone trying to celebrate her life and express their grief and gratitude at the same time in their own way, which is very beautiful. I know some people are not too happy about certain things. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I'll tell you, in the world of sports, mm -hmm. horse racing, which was one of our passions, so she enjoyed horses, mm -hmm. is continuing, mm -hmm. but football mm -hmm. is has, not has been shut down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, many people say it's not fair. We could have all just sung the national anthem. And, mm. you know, in her memory, in her, her honour. So there is a bit of a debate there. Mm. But I think officially it's a 10-day uh, period of mourning. Mm. And at the and time... there's an extra seven days for the royal family. For the royal family. At the time of recording this podcast, we still don't know the exact date of the funeral, but it's most likely to be Monday the 19th, they are saying. That is a rumour. And uh, it's a bank holiday. It'll be an it official will, holiday. It day. will be a bank holiday. And as you're saying, uh, King Charles has expressed his desire for the royal family, the close members of the Queen, to uh, continue mourning her officially for another seven days after the funeral. Um, Do you know what his uh, full name was? Because I heard it so many times this time. No, what is it? It was Prince Charles Philip Arthur George. Mm. Who is now Charles III. Who is now King Charles III. King Charles III. Uh, what, his, his first speech to the nation as king. How beautiful was that? How amazing was that? I haven't come across a single person, royalist or not, who thought that it didn't sum up uh, everyone's feelings. You know, there was a man, if you look at it, besides being the king, there was a man, a son, grieving the loss of his mother. At the same time, he had to play the monarch who is welcoming a new era and yet at the same time closing the door on another phenomenal 70 years of service that his mother gave uh, the country. So it was, I think, a 10-minute speech. And uh, Didn't he say um, um, he mentioned his dear mama many mm -hmm. times? Many times. And at the end, especially, I think it brought a tear to every eye when he said, may flights of angels sing thee to thy rest, which is a line from Hamlet, of course. How poignant, how beautiful was that? As someone mentioned in the papers today, that uh, it is all, as much a tribute to the Queen as it is a tribute to Shakespeare's timelessness. Is there anything about life, death or love that the Bard hasn't read, uh, written in a way that can, cannot be surpassed? And, King's, and Prince Charles, King's, King Charles just proved that. It's yes, going to be hard calling him King children Charles. children have not been forced to read. Forced to read, yeah. So that was a beautiful moment, I think. And um, I know you said that he, he, he has many, many speechwriters guiding him and helping him. But I thought that even that very brief, nonetheless, the brief mention of Harry and Meghan in his speech was important and was lovely. As a father, there's absolutely no reason for him to differentiate between the heir to the throne, William and, and Harry at all. And that was a wonderful thing to see, I think. Now, Prince William takes over his... Um, um Prince Charles's, yeah. I say Prince Charles, King Charles's yeah. title. So he becomes the, um, the Duke, of Wales. Duke of Wales and also the he gets the Duchy of Cornwall, he says, right? right. 
did he not already? Yeah, you're no. right. He gets that actually. right because so far it was Prince Charles who was who had owned the Duchy of Cornwall, so he becomes the Prince of Wales as well, and uh, George becomes second in line to the throne. So all these things, that, you know, that's I mean, why the actual coronation is still a way off. We don't actually know it after after the state funeral of hmm. the Queen. Hmm. Uh, How do you think? Probably do you, in a month's time, maybe. you know, the, the only footage of the coronation we see is of the king's fa of the queen's father, and then of course the queen's own coronation. Do you think they'll be they will be forced to pare it down? Can they still have it on that scale, that level of pomp and ceremony in this austere time, post-COVID time? Do you think? What do you think? I, don't think, I know like? the world likes to see the pomp yeah. and ceremony, but I hope not. I don't think. I think they should pare it down hmm. because. The uh, the country is going through a very uh, the world is going through a very tough time. Tough time. Yeah, I was just reflecting on the big moments in this country, the big moments uh, that involved the monarchy, uh, one way or the other. Um, the coronation of the Queen. Naturally, you and I weren't born. Were you here when uh, Prince Charles got married, or were you uh, away in boarding school? I think I can't remember. I think I was here. Were you here? Yeah. How is it that I you don't, don't remember? I can't remember it really. Can you not? No. I can still remember. I was a girl of, shall I mention it? No, uh, I was here. I remember. Did they get married in St. Paul's? They got married in St. Paul's. Yeah, yeah. I, I, did see, I do remember. My, I have a vivid image. We were in Indore then and I was very, very, very young. I, I stress. But I still remember the front page of Naidunia, which was the national, uh, which was the high-selling newspaper of Indore, in Indore, Madhya Pradesh. It was a paper in Hindi and that front cover of Prince Charles and uh, Lady Diana Spencer kissing on the steps of St. Paul's. Or was it on the balcony of Buckingham Palace, one or the other, uh, in black and white. It was a black and white photo. I remember that so vividly. I wasn't here. Now, I know that you weren't here when Princess Diana died, which was another momentous in the, yes. in the sad sense I occasion. Wasn't here, yeah. You weren't here. We were both in India. Um, I, uh, I have a fantastic story about that because I used to, it was a Sunday I think, because I used mm. to get up, I used to do a show on Sunday mornings and I used to hear, just automatically used to hear BBC on, World Service. A show Service, on radio. On radio. I used to hear mm. BBC World Service. Mm. And there were all these reports coming in that um, there had been an accident. Nothing had been confirmed about Prince Diana mm. then. So, you know, when I go into the studios, mm. you know. I, By I told, then, had it been officially no, announced? I, I, I think it had been announced and mm. I told everyone and I was told that I cannot talk about it. Mm. It is officially confirmed. It is officially confirmed, and the news, hmm. the news bulletin says it first. Yeah. So you know, I didn't. I just said that uh, something very, something has happened. Yeah. Why don't you tune into your BBC World Service to find out? Yeah. You know, that is essential. Interesting. You should say that because that is part of the obituary protocol as well, by the way. We were all told that no matter how many websites and social media posts and people with blue ticks and extremely um, uh, authoritative figures you follow, unless and until the announcement of uh, the Queen's death is actually put out there uh, in a news bulletin. No, when it's posted at the gates of Buckingham Palace. Posted at the gates, but also, you know, in a news bulletin. Don't go by people who may be very reliable authorities but don't go by that unless and until it is announced first by uh, either the BBC or you know you know what I'm trying to say it's officially announced as part of a news bulletin we were not allowed to say it in our own words even though it may have been true and even though we may have known for a, for a, for some time oh we just talked about Miss Diana this brings mm. us on to Queen Camilla yeah Queen Camilla what what was the full title 
the queen consort. Queen consort. Yeah, she is the queen consort. So there's still a divided opinion on how we, we know that Prince Charles loves mm. her very much. They've been yeah. married for 17 years, and he, it was his wish yeah. that she be called the queen consort. Yeah. But um, there is still a fraction of people who miss Princess Diana mm. and mm. think it's still wrong. So mm. that that debate is still open. I, I think, a lot of people. From the 10 minute, uh, from King Charles's 10 minute speech to the nation, a lot of people also said that, you know, it's rather sad. It's quite poignant the way he underlined the fact that now that he was no longer the Duke of, uh, the Prince of Wales, there are many, many charities which were very close to his heart. We know that he was massively into organic farming and all the rest of it, right? Uh, um, uh, global warming, climate change was again another cause very close to his heart. Princess Trust is one of the biggest charities. But one of the biggest charities and I've actually been to uh, Buckingham Palace once at that's... a charity gala dinner which was hosted by Prince Charles. Hmm. Uh, it was the Princess Trust. Uh, so there's, there's also many subsections. Isn't there the Asian Princess Asian Trust? Or uh, the British Asian Trust. The British Asian Trust which is again King Charles now, it's so strange, uh, is, I don't know whether he remains, he probably doesn't remain the patron. So they were saying that, you know, he highlighted the fact that all these causes very close to his heart, he would not be able to engage in them as much as he has been doing in the last so many decades. Uh, so that passes down to William and Kate, I guess. So, yeah, he's, I think, whatever he was feeling, whatever his duties now are, and his farewell to his mother and to his queen. He summed it up. It was beautifully summarized in 10 minutes. Not an easy task to do, but he did it. And um, that is why I think he gets off. Um, he, he has the country on his side as he starts his reign. Ah, oh, but here I'm not sure. I, I agree with you. I like Prince Charles. Mm. But there's a whole section of society who wanted the throne to be passed from the queen to her grandson. Mm. Because William. Prince Charles has been... I'm saying Prince Charles as well, King Charles III, has been very controversial. Hmm. He's been quite outspoken. Hmm. He's meddled in politics here and there. But but tacitly, isn't that what he actually said in his speech? That, that now my duties will change, yeah. that I will not be doing it anymore. But I would imagine people will actually like him for being a little bit outspoken and not towing the line always and doing... Again, I know I don't that think the monarchy... Can have an opinion. To, yeah, and that's that's one of the th uh, things that the people loved about the Queen, that to stay neutral, at least publicly, for 70 years, even when hell is breaking loose all around you, and you may have very strong opinions on the way the country is being run or certain things are being handled, to, to kind of maintain that veneer of neutrality for 70 years is very, very hard. Uh, you know, I've seen this. You haven't seen the last two seasons of The Crown. I have. No, Incidentally, I they stopped filming for the day as well as a mark of respect for Her Majesty uh, the day she died, the next day, Friday. There'll definitely be another series now. But they were saying that if you look at the Queen's reign, the only occasions, the two occasions where the Queen seemed to have got it horribly wrong was one, once, I think in the 60s, when, mining, the, when the Welsh mining, mining town, Aberfan, yeah. Yeah. when uh, a mine collapsed and it killed about 200 people, I think, of which 150 were children. It, it was five days, yeah, yeah, on a school. And it was, the, the Queen didn't go there for five days. It was only after five days of the tragedy that she was there. And she was met with a very, very hostile uh, crowd uh, who she was eventually able to win over. But they said that obviously Her Majesty, being a young mother herself, would have felt it. She had, uh, The advice given to her was 
contrary to what the people were feeling at the time. And the second time was during Diana's death, of course, as we know, that when the royal family, when she chose to stay with her grandsons in Balmoral for the first three days after Diana's death, it was seen as being in very poor taste. And so bowing to public opinion, nudged by her then prime minister, Tony Blair. Uh, Tony Blair. I think she was forced to come. So that is, again, if you look at it. There's a movie uh, made on this, isn't there, with Helen Mirren? Yeah, it is almost an unblemished track record. In a 70-year reign, if you've only kind of read public opinion wrong twice, that's not such a bad statistic at all. So, um, well, that's you know, it. Well, uh, one more thing, that we love the Queen, hmm. but there are many across the Commonwealth who do feel yeah. that, not the Queen per se, yeah, but, monarchy. but the monarchy, Yeah has not really been a very good thing. Yeah. And we can see that around us. The colonial past. Yeah, it is. We are feeling a little, we are feeling sad. We feel this historic moment. We see the passing of the baton from mother to son. But our teenage sons are completely kind of, they don't see what the big deal is. Of course, everybody knows that, you know, something phenomenal and significant in British history has happened, in world history has happened. But obviously, they are not as emotional about it as people of a certain age, because I, again, as you're saying, many, their generation see the monarchy as being completely uh, defunct, as being an institution that costs a lot. But, but brings a lot it, of revenue in. It brings a lot. But then again, that's that's a debate for another day, I suppose. Now that the Queen has gone, are tourists going to come and pay to see Prince Charles you or know, you know they King are because Charles. To counterbalance that, they yeah. say that um, in France, mm. France gets more tourists than London, you know, and Paris does. Mm. And people go to the Palace of Versailles. Versailles. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean, French Revolution is what, in the 1700s? Yeah, but the palace... People pa- still come along. The, the Palace of Versailles is the ultimate embodiment of decadence. It is so over the top that I don't think any palace in this land could match it. And possibly people just go there for that reason alone. I'm sure if they melted down all the gold and silver and jewels and and use them as currency, France could run on it for a couple of decades. That's how decadent it is. Um, But the significant thing is, by the time we record our next podcast, uh, the Queen's funeral would have taken place. People are also debating whether there's going to be as big a turnout as Princess Diana's funeral. That's, again, something, you know, for some strange reason, people are making these comparisons. But I think that is completely um, not the point right now. It's not the point right now. But I think in future generations, we'll talk about whether the monarchy should be stripped down a bit. Streamlined. Yeah streamlined maybe they should be made to pay a little bit more of their expenses because right now they're completely funded by the taxpayer Um, but um, there it is i mean it feels very special to be at the center of the action to be and it feels indeed like a privilege to have lived in the reign of queen elizabeth ii because i don't think there's going to be another monarch anywhere in the world any time in history who will rule for 70 years and who will be loved by so many people across generations and ethnicities. So until next time then, I think it's it's only fair to end the podcast with uh, God Save the King. God Save the King. Till next time. Bye-bye now.